21CL Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Education Vanguard. I'm your host, Michael Bull. Thanks for joining me today. On this show, I have the honor of talking to another student about issues that impact them. As you can imagine, the youth of today are a little riled up when it comes to our world and the direction it is heading. While this may be the norm for all younger generations, I get a sense it is magnified at the moment. Today, I speak with Lincoln Bacall, a student at the Venture Academy School in Minnesota in the United States. She is a passionate and articulate advocate for youth issues and attends an entrepreneurial-focused school that lets her explore her passions and, in her case, act on them. Enjoy the conversation. Lincoln Bacall, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I love having, as I mentioned before, students on the program because you guys obviously are our future and you have a lot of opinions on what's going on in the world and are usually pretty happy to share them. But just to give a little background, can you start off with where you go to school and what grade you're in? So I am in 11th grade. I'm a junior and I go to Venture Academy, which is a charter school in Minneapolis on the campus of the University of Minnesota. All right. So let me ask the favorite question, maybe, and that is, what is wrong with school today? Um, Well, I've been to quite a few different types of schools, public, um, private, district, and I've noticed that in every single school that I've been to up until when I started going to venture, I don't feel that the teachers actually cared about me as anything more than a student, that they just had to pass through the system, and I just had to get certain grades and just move on. Like, when I complained, when I asked for more challenging and more interesting work, teachers said, well, this is just how it is. You just have to, you know, get through it. But the problem is that schools are for students, not for teachers. So why are they built by teachers? Why aren't they built by students? And do you have an answer to that? Well, I, it's, it's the system. I mean, schools are the same way as they were 200 years ago when they were preparing kids to work in factories and not necessarily even complete a high school education. And they haven't caught up to the modern day world and they, don't, they aren't getting kids prepared for the 21st century. So I hear what you're saying. So the schools are designed at scale to educate large numbers of people and they create a process and then you just go through it and then people like you on the edges who want to do something different get pushback. Would you say that's correct? Yes. But, you know, so, Venture allows us room to uh, do that. It's, there's now starting to be schools that can prepare us for the 21st century. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So you go to Venture Academy, which is not the traditional school that you were just talking about. And, then, and there are these schools on the margins. Unfortunately, they're still on the margins that are doing cool things. Tell us what cool things are happening for you as a student at Venture Academy. So the 11th grade adventure is the least traditional out of all the grades. Um, I have classes maybe three times a day for an hour, 45 minutes. The rest of the time is personalized learning time where I get to work on projects that I'm interested in and that I work with teachers to ensure that we're meeting the state standards. But at the same time, I incorporate my own passions. So for example, I went up to one of my teachers a couple weeks ago and I said, well, I want to build a garden in my yard. Can we figure out how to get me credit for it? And since then he's bought me a book about gardening, gone out of his way to talk to me about it, and um, I'm starting to plan it out, and I'm going to get credit for it for the third trimester of school. And that sounds fun. What other cool projects maybe have you been involved with, or do you see other students involved with that will give us a sense of uh, what learning takes place there? 
Well, the best project I think I've done, um, I started a business in ninth grade. This is like one of the values of our school is entrepreneurship, but we define an cool. entrepreneur as being someone who can do more than their means dictates. So uh, in ninth grade, I got a couple of friends together and everyone had to start a business, but it was very open-ended. We ended up presenting in front of investors, Shark Tank style, um, giving our elevator pitch and um, my team's business won our competition. We got $700 to fund our business for a certain amount of time. And was at the time, was that exciting or terrifying or maybe both? It was so exciting. I mean, like I had never up until that point done anything in school where I could solidly say, this is something that I can apply to the rest of my life. And this is fun. Got it. Now, you know, school is traditional school is designed for maybe a certain type of population. Is your school venture academy the right school for everybody or only for articulate, talented individuals like you? I mean, it's definitely, I think, I think the model of venture could work for more people than the district model currently is working for. I don't have a single friend in high school right now who can genuinely tell me they enjoy showing up to school. But when I go to school of venture, that's the way people are feeling. We feel like our teachers care about us and we feel like there is a reason and a purpose for us showing up to school. Are you saying, or do you feel that the teachers are different? Because you mentioned before you thought the teachers didn't care, which as a teacher myself, of course, pains me. And I like to think that we do. Maybe the system has made us uh, cynical or something. I don't know, depending on where we are. But do you feel the teachers are different? Adventure Academy than they would be in most schools? I mean, ultimately, I don't think that a specific model of school dictates success. I think it's all Mm -hmm. the teachers, and we happen to have a very good group of teachers. But I think the most important thing is that you have teachers that you love and that they love you and that you feel that they love you and you feel that they respect you and care about you as a person, not just as a student. All right, so you're talking about the power of relationships. So can you give us an example? Like, what's that look like to you when you know there's a good relationship going on between a student and teacher? Like, what's, what's that? What happens? Well, I mean, in venture, we have mentors, and I have the same mentor as I've had in ninth grade. So I've had, since, I've had the same mentor for three years. I've had the opportunity to get really close to an adult in the building. And I think it's really important just to have that person you trust because you're not going to be successful in school if you have other things going on in your life. And the community that venture serves in Minneapolis is like historically underserved community in Minnesota and benefits especially from having really strong relationships with their teachers. Okay. Now, you are maybe not the typical type student. You're involved in student government. You, you're part of a leadership, and you were a candidate for lieutenant governor, if I'm correct. Tell us, what, tell us a little bit about those experiences that you do that are outside of uh, the school that you – or outside of, I guess, school that you're going to. Well, it all kind of started. Another important thing about venture I probably should have mentioned is we have a internship program, basically trying to get kids out of the building working in real Ah. jobs. So um, in ninth grade, I worked at a nonpartisan think tank two days a week, full time for four months. And uh, that sort of got me on a path of being involved in student leadership, policy work, and um, it like sparked my passion for policy. So since then, I've been involved in a lot of government-related programs. I interned in the Capitol for a week, um, working as a page in the House of Representatives. I, um, I do Minnesota Youth in Government, which is a statewide program that runs a model of the Minnesota government once a year inside the state capitol for four days. And that's where I ran for lieutenant governor. And um, I do a bunch of other things like that, like a lot of advocacy. I'm part of an organization called MN Can't Wait, which uh, advocates for the Minnesota Green New Deal and uh, advocates for climate change policy, things like that. 
Okay. You know, my question next would be why? I mean, what is your why for doing all this? You could just go to school, get good grades, move on to university and et cetera, and hang out with your friends. Why are you doing all this extra stuff? I mean, I think that my generation, uh, we've grown up in a world that isn't necessarily like it's a little bit messed up, you know, the climate's messed up, our education is messed up. And I think it's unfair that more kids are, should have to grow up in a world where they're, they have problems that they need to fix that they didn't cause. So I think a lot of people in my generation, me included, are just upset. And we need, like, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And I, I just care very much about a lot of issues and Do changing you- them. Yeah. So do you feel that in the future, there's, you know, say five, 10 plus years from now, when your group gets into power, uh, do you think you're going to be able to make a a huge number of changes at that point? I mean, yeah, yes. I think that um, we've become a very politically active generation and that my my prediction is that in the 2020 U.S. presidential election, which is the first election that my generation will be able to vote, that we'll see it in the voter turnout rates, that we will be turning out to vote at a higher rate than, say, like millennials or other generations. Okay. Now, you've mentioned uh, climate change. What other priorities do you think your age group has, that youth has? And let's say that goes all the way up to 25. Well, uh, we've been able to see the past couple of years that my generation very much cares about gun reform. I was at the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. a year ago, mm-hmm. almost exactly a year ago, actually. And um, since then, this is not an issue that people have forgotten about. I've gone to a number of town halls and uh, meetings and protests since then. And it's very exciting to see the energy people still are bringing to this issue. And right now in the Minnesota House of Representatives, they've introduced two bills that I actually feel pretty confident about that would um, that would go to some of the priorities that the March for Our Lives movement has. When you say feeling good about it, are you optimistic it'll pass? Yes. I mean, from working in the House of Representatives uh, in February, mm-hmm. I got the chance to talk to maybe 50 different representatives, and they, like on both sides of the aisle, seem pretty confident about it, and so it gave me a good feeling. I, I'm curious about the March for Life. Like, what is it like to experience that as a high school student when you go there? What, what's going through your head, and what's what are you, what are you guys talking about? What, yeah, just give us provide a little bit of detail about that experience. I mean, it was crazy. It was so exciting to see that there were so many people, thousands and thousands of people who shared the same values and ideas as me. And the energy that everyone bringing, was bringing was amazing. Just to see that so many people genuinely care, um, which is not always something that I feel. I read the news every day and, you know, I get kind of sad about it. I'm like, wow, all these awful things are happening. But you go to an event like that and you can tell that there are still good people in the world. There's a lot of good people who want good mm-hmm. things for other people. And you think those people then are going to continue to make change in the future? Yes, definitely. So you do a lot. You're busy. And I had a question we got. There's a lot of talk now or studies now that talk about anxiety from people your age and up, that you guys are doing so many things in addition to school as well. Do you ever wish that you guys could just sit back a little bit and relax, hang out with your friends? Do you see that as something that is possible? Do you see anxiety as issue for kids your age and older? I mean, I still feel like I have time to, you know, hang out with my friends or whatever, but that seems less important in the grand scheme of things. But I do, I do Mm -hmm. hear what you're saying about like anxiety, depression. I feel like that my generation has been experiencing that because of pressure, like academic pressure. It's harder and harder to get into college and pay for college. High school is harder. There's so many standardized tests and 
things you have to do and everyone is feeling the pressure to take AP classes, get ready for college because there's this like overarching feeling that if you don't meet these requirements, you will fail. And Mm -hmm. I think that all of that pressure is just so unhealthy. It's not, it's not a healthy environment for students to learn and grow. And how much of that, like, so I looked at my daughter's experience or other high school students that I know, a lot of that pressure seems to be internal with the students themselves putting pressure on to take that AP class to go out and volunteer here or volunteer there. Do you think that's a big part of it, or do you think it's more outside forces pushing that sort of uh, expectation? I mean, it's the precedent and the expectation that our teachers and our leaders have, like, set for us. You know, in schools, guidance counselors tell you that you have to take a certain amount of AP classes, which honestly, this is a personal opinion, but I don't I don't think AP classes are going to prepare me for the future. I don't think they're particularly helpful. It's just cramming a lot of information into your mind to take it all out on a test, and you're probably going to forget about it anyway. I don't believe in, you know, standardized tests or any kind of test that dictates mm-hmm. your education or your um growth because students students put their self-worth into their test scores and into the numbers that come from their work. And I think that's very unhealthy because not every student is able to demonstrate their intelligence through tests. And I'm one of them. I'm not a very good test taker. So we've, we've had uh, people from the Mastery Transcript uh, on the program, and they talk about getting rid of a lot of that and just having more of a transcript that shows all the skills and, and that you've been able to achieve. Do you think something like that will happen towards the future? Yeah, I hope so. I think there's a lot of people pushing for it. And I think that as my generation um, become, like, becomes more aware of how we're feeling and is able to vote, then that's going to be something that we're going to advocate for. Hmm, good point. Uh, I, got, I got an interesting question for you. Uh, what do you think, if I was to ask you, if somebody's asked you your superpower, what is your superpower, do you think? Oh, boy. Um, well, I, I think it's just that I genuinely enjoy public speaking. I mean, a lot of people tell me that they're scared of it, but, like, my absolute favorite thing in the world is public speaking. I love, being, I love talking to people. I love being in front of a group of people. I don't know. It's just always been my favorite thing. Oh, so you've always been comfortable because you're like among the 5% or something that are comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Lincoln, we're heading towards the end of our sh- uh, show here. And I would like to ask a, a future-oriented question and make it just ask a little bit about you and your future. What do you hope to do? Like what type of university do you hope to go to? And then what do you hope to do with whatever education comes out of that? Well, I think that what, I mean, I have a list of colleges. I'm getting ready to go into them. I'm a junior. It's what I have to do. But I think it matters less where I go to college and it matters more what I'm doing that's not academic related while I'm in college. And I actually um, want to start my political career as soon as I'm old enough to run for the House of Representatives because I there are definitely not enough young people in government. And I personally think that the best way to make change is to get involved with the government. The government exists for the people and it is the people and I am the people. So I want to be a part of it. Okay, I see that. So we look forward to seeing you uh, representing the state of Minnesota sometime in the future. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well, Lincoln Buckhall, thanks so much for your time today and giving all this great information and energy on uh, Youth of America. Yeah, thank you so much. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com.